Exurgat Deus dissipentur inimici eius, et fugian quio deruntium afacia eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered, and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangela, defende nos in proelio. Contra nequitiam et insidias diabolias do praesidium. Imperatili Deus supplicis de precamur, tuque princeps militae caelestis, satanam aliosque spiritus malignos, quod perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute in infernum netrude. Amen. Cor Jesus Sacratissimum miserere nobis, speculum justitiae ora pro nobis, mater dolorosa ora pro nobis, auxilium Christianorum ora pro nobis, Sancta Michael Archangela, Ora pro nobis. Beatis Caroluse Domo Austriae, ora pro nobis. Domine, ostende facem tuum et salvierimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata Conceptio Est. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sanguis Christi, salvanos. <clears throat> so it would seem it would seem that the um the plan is moving along just fine. It's difficult to actually forecast exactly how these things are supposed to come about, but when the pieces start to come into view, it it can actually get a little bit terrifying. Mary, help of Christians, pray for us. <sighs> I was curious to see exactly how they were going to make it work. How could they possibly basically put everybody in the matrix? And we're not talking about, you know, the ideological matrix where they manage to feed you a narrative and you have no idea you're being fed a narrative until one day you take the red pill and boom, and you're like, oh, everything they said was a lie. I mean something much more literal. Everything that the world leaders, all of the government leaders around the world are doing, is designed specifically to make us hate real life. So, in rapid succession... Facebook renames itself Meta and then begins to introduce this thing called the Metaverse. Just as they're also announcing Omicron and they're managing to scapegoat Omicron for <laughs> the adverse reactions to the COVID to the COVID so-called vaccine, the MAGA jab. <clears throat> And I'm looking at this whole thing and I'm like, okay, there's two pieces, but wait, there's more because this whole tapestry comes together with the fact that they're talking about shutting down the line file. And here's the thing that actually blows my mind. They're, <clears throat> they're talking about shutting down the line five oil pipeline. They already shut down the Keystone XL. They're trying to hobble coal plants, natural gas plants. <clears throat> and they're trying to basically eliminate anything resembling energy independence. 
and they've got a few particular targets. The aviation industry at large. In Europe, corporate jets are going to be exempt from the fuel tax that they're getting ready to impose on the entire aviation industry. So it'll be everybody except for anybody who can afford to fly around in a private jet. What do you think that's going to do to the aviation industry writ large? It's going to cripple it. Now, they're too stupid to realize that it's going to cripple business travel. It's going to it's going to cripple even the wealthiest people's ability to actually just gallivant around the planet. Because I don't think they really fully did the math on this. They don't seem to understand exactly what it takes to keep an aircraft in the air. And it doesn't matter if it's a Cessna Citation or a CRJ-200 or some new aircraft that they're going to try and develop. I don't think they really understand what they're signing up for. That's cool. They'll figure that one out when they can't fly anywhere either. Of course, they're wealthy enough. They'll probably just go yachting. They're trying to make it so that travel is difficult. Why? Well, you've got the metaverse. You don't have to travel. You have Zoom calls. If COVID-19 didn't teach us anything, it's that nearly everything that we can do, assuming we don't actually have to commute to work, nearly everything that we can do, we can do via Zoom or over Skype. And soon, over the meta. That sales pitch thing that was very, very, very dystopian. Like, creepily dystopian. That Mark Zuckerberg did when he was introducing the metaverse and he's talking about the potentials for VR. (laughs) Gracious. They don't know, but they do. Because the metaverse is already being featured in the World Economic Forum. Because it's part of the fourth industrial revolution. What do you think that's going to do to our children's grasp on reality? When you have the real world, which sucks, but you have the metaverse, where it would seem that the rules of the real world don't apply. Where do you think our children are going to run to? Those beautiful babies that were born in the last five, 10 years, by the time they're old enough to actually get out of the house and go to work, they're not going to get out of the house, but they are still going to go to work. What do you think that does for spirituality? I mean, in the real world, there's rules. In the real world, science actually has hold. You know, there's laws of physics. But in the metaverse, most of those laws are going to be optional. How easy do you think it's going to be to catechize your kids when they can just escape to the meta and they don't have to worry about going to church? 
Is it going to work the way they think it's going to work? Of course not. Most of this is actually going to come crashing down. The problem that I can see is that it's not going to come crashing down fast enough to keep from destroying millions and millions of souls. There will be a two-class system. Actually, there'll be three. There'll be the sheep, excuse me, the Duracells that are all plugged into the Matrix. There'll be the servant class that'll be necessary in order to keep all of these machines running. Because to be sure, as a mechanic, I know not everybody can do my job. In fact, most people don't want to. They don't want to get greasy. They don't want to get dirty. They don't want to hurt themselves. <clears throat> Why do that when you can be an online influencer? It's part of the reason why I'm really glad to have a day job and I only do this in my spare time is because if that ever flips, I'm pretty sure my soul is done. It won't matter how much I talk about the faith. It won't matter how much that I try to push people to prayer and repentance and penance and reparation. Because there's going to be some jackalope who thinks that they can do that in the metaverse, in virtual reality. <clears throat> Think about the allure. I mean, in the real world, you have to eat bugs. But in the metaverse, who knows? They may even be able to make those bugs taste like wonderfully flame-roasted, medium-rare brisket. I mean, we're not that far from that anyway. It's funny. There were things that I didn't see being possible. And 20 years ago, you know, when I was reading books like Otherland, I didn't think they were. Five years ago, when I read Ready Player One, I was like, ah, we don't actually have to worry too much about that because we've got a long way to go to get there. Well, five years ago, that was true. And in 2021, that's not. Although I do have to admit it's going to be wildly entertaining when China does decide to do something silly and take over Taiwan so they can get the access to the chips. Because the vast majority of the chips that are purchased from around the world are actually purchased from Taiwan. You could tell that people were all basically headed in the same direction. It was hard to watch the paths converge. You know, they were talking about, oh, we'll do most of this stuff online. And I'm like, yeah, who's going to make it? And then Zuckerberg comes out with Meta. And that pretty much closed that door. You'll be able to try things on in a virtual store, but you won't be able to actually go into a brick and mortar store to actually try the clothes on. Not that a lot of people try their clothes on anyway. How many, seriously, how many people actually get their clothing from Amazon? 
Apparently, there was some flooding in Canada. Put some added stress on the supply chain up there. China is about to is about to or has imposed or something, I don't know. A 7-week quarantine for all container ships and their containers. Think that's going to have an effect on on things? <clears throat> Here's the trick. If they can break it all, if they can make life so painful, and understand, particularly if you're living someplace like the United States of America when you're listening to this. By the way, uh, to my listeners from Finland and Portugal, hello. Glad you're here. I just actually got a recap of my analytics, and apparently... uh, Apparently, Radio Free Catholic's pretty popular out there. But if you've been living in a nation like the United States or Sweden or Western Europe, anywhere in Western Europe, even even up in Northern Europe, there's got to be something that, there's got to be some part of you that understands that your life is generally good and comfortable. And here's how you can tell. If you have time or the people around you have time to think about whether or not they're going to go to the gym and work out because they're not out in the fields, they're not out in the rail yards, busting their hump. Or even if they are out in the rail yards, busting their hump, but they've got the, you know, that little bit of extra padding that comes from being well-fed. Your life is pretty comfortable. And it's about to not be in the next few years. I was under the, in all honesty, no joke. I was under the impression that it was going to be some kind of direct persecution that was going to cause many of the faithful, even the elect, even those of us who consider ourselves traditionalists, who are solid believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Dear family, Do you understand that it would be much harder for you to be martyred if they're not actually coming after you with martyrdom? What if they just turn your life upside down and they make it really, really painful? How many of us have already, like seriously, I want you to think about this for a minute. How many of us in the nation and in the world have already decided that we're going to go ahead and take the jab, even though we're morally opposed to it, because we feel that we have to be able to provide for our families, that we still have to be able to put food on the table, that we have to be able to go to work and pay our bills. Think about it. Now, what if that's all the pressure that they use? In fact, what if they just use less pressure than that? What if they provide you this door, this gateway to escape? All you have to do is you put the visor on your head, you put some gloves on your hands, maybe on your feet, maybe one of those little um, uh, kinematic belt systems or something like that where where it can give you tactile response. And all you got to do is put that on and escape. Suddenly your life is better. Suddenly you can get together with friends and family. You can, you can 
meet together with people whom you may never have actually met in real life, but you but you talk to them, you spend time with them, you spend your days, your nights, whatever with them. There are some of you who are going to be like, yeah, I could probably still resist that. <clears throat> and to you, I'll say 50%. 50% of the inter- internet traffic from day to day is pornography. Of all of the things that could be used, 50% of it's pornography. What do you think the allure for pornography and VR is going to be? What do you think the allure is going to be when there's a tactile response? You know, you've got the gloves that'll give you some tactile response, maybe some boots, a little suit or something like that. What do you, what do you think the demand is going to be for something that can give you the tactile response in VR to make it like you're really there? Now, I know to many of you, you're like, oh, goodness gracious, that would be horrifying. <clears throat> I want you to step outside of yourselves for just a moment, and I want you to think about your community and all of the people that you don't know whether or not for sure that they, you know, they watch pornography or they, um, you know, do some kind of drug or they've maybe got a, a little bit of a l- excess lean to for alcohol. <clears throat> How many of your kids are addicted to their smart devices, their cell phone, their iPad? What happens when they can do everything in VR? What happens when the only time they actually have to unplug from VR is to go to the bathroom? And more than that, because here's the thing. There are still going to be kids who like to play sports, who like to get out into the outdoors. But if everybody had the opportunity, if you could be whatever you wanted to be, without anchoring in reality, without having to deal with waking up in the morning and looking yourself in the mirror. And I'm going to direct this at the, at, you know, the youth, you know, you wake up in the morning, you look in the mirror, you don't have to worry about waking up in the morning and look in the mirror and seeing that you have acne. You don't have to worry about being bullied at school because I mean, you're not actually going to school, maybe a little bit of cajoling here and there. How much more difficult is it going to be? I mean, think about it. Part of the reason why there was such a pushback in the curriculum in schools in the United States is because children were home and parents could actually listen to the Zoom call that they were attending, so-called attending school with. Well, what happens when all of that's VR? What happens when transgender becomes transhuman in a very literal sense, because now you're no longer locked in 
Think about this. In something like the metaverse, and they showed it in the advertisement when he was talking about it, he was broadcasting it. You could be a boy, you could be a girl, you could be a space alien, a dragon, a cat. You could avatar yourself as your favorite video game, as, as your favorite video game uh, character, your favorite TV character. <clears throat> what? happens when it's not virtual reality it's a reality a is in well a is in agnostic versus gnostic when it's not when it's specifically when it's no longer virtual reality but reality itself now becomes surreal you think you've got troubles with body dysmorphia now? You think you or you think you have trouble with gender dysphoria now? <clears throat> if I'm plugged in to the metaverse and every mirror that I walk by in the metaverse shows me in my most idealized image. What do you think is going to happen to me when I take that VR headset off and I go and I go to the bathroom and I see my and I see my actual reflection in the mirror and it doesn't look anything like how I envision myself in the metaverse? Dear family, that's what you have to deal with. And they sort of predictively programmed it. So, I want you to call you back to the movie The Matrix. <clears throat> you know, Neo gets pulled out of the matrix and he can see himself in the mirror. You know, he basically physically looks like himself, but he's got the, you know, the little plug things for, for being jacked into the matrix. And, you know, he's emaciated because he hasn't actually eaten nearly as well as he probably would have had he not been in the matrix. His hair's all buzz cut it off. Now I want you to imagine that for your 12 year old girl, who probably makes the practical decision to go ahead and cut her hair short so she can get her VR tactile headset on. What happens when your little girl who's been playing, who's been playing, who knows? Maybe, maybe your little girl has spent years in the metaverse as Harry Potter. What do you think is going to happen every time she pulls off that headset and she goes to the bathroom and she actually sees herself in the mirror? We're going to go from reality to from from reality to virtual reality to a pleasing surreality, and martyrdom in that day is going just to be unplugged. To get away from the falsehoods, to get away from the fake virtual world and live in the real world. <clears throat> and for those of you who struggle with habitual sin, you know exactly how hard it is to get rid of that habitual sin. But what if that habitual sin has been your whole world? In a literal sense. It's everything that you've ever known.
That'll be the thing that damns humanity. <clears throat> because a virtual world is the ultimate thumb in the eye of the Almighty. Because instead of dealing with the reality as it was created, we become our own creator, the very apex, the apogee of idolatry. <clears throat> Imagine the detox of getting people unplugged. See, in the movie The Matrix, it was only the one dude, it was only Cypher, who wanted to go back in The Matrix. He was sort of the endemic, like, man, I really wish I could go back. But I think if any, if, if even the church could prove anything, <clears throat> It's that Judas may have been the minority of the apostles in the time of Christ. But he wasn't really. It was ten of the twelve apostles that abandoned our Lord. One betrayed, nine abandoned, and two. Half and half, really only one stayed true. Because even Peter denied Christ. <clears throat> so technically, it was 11 out of 12 with two betrayals. That's humanity. And that's what humanity is going to be. It's going to be 11 out of 12 with two people in the matrix who are constantly popping out of the matrix to try and actually do something to make life for everybody who's not plugged in worse. And if you doubt that, take a look around at social media. Take a look around at the media. It is the minority of the people who are screeching the loudest to get the last 20% in the United States of America to take the jab. In some places, it's 96 out of 100. But it's still the minority going after the last four because you can't have the last four stay out. You can't have the last four say, no, we're not playing this game. Because if you have anybody who's not playing the game, then you have a control group. And you won't see otherwise how healthy you're supposed to be. I love technology. But alongside the cramping of the supply chain and the <clears throat> continued attacks on the energy supply in the United States, I figured there was at least some semblance of a hope where if Elon Musk could get rockets launched with people going to the moon, at least to the moon, at least take carrying people up into space, a large group of people up into space, be it to the space station or to begin to try and drop cargo off on the moon or whatever, 
whatever. Doesn't matter at this point. Then somebody would say, well, wait a minute. If we're worried, if we're really worried about overpopulation, then let's hop in these rockets. Let's get a, a bunch of people to hop in these rockets and get off the planet. By the way, I would probably be the first on that list. <clears throat> and I'd be in heavy contact with a lot of priests trying to find one who will help me build an altar on the moon so that we can have a solemn high mass on the moon. Or Mars. Or just in the space station. Who At this point, it doesn't matter. <sighs> and then there was that little risk... And the SpaceX CEO, Elon Musk himself, sending out an email going, hey, we have specific markers that we have to meet. And if we don't meet them, it's very it is likely that we will have to file for bankruptcy. And that'll be the end of SpaceX. And when I take that whole thing together, I go, oh, crap. We're, we're really right at that edge. It's almost over. Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Pray for your communities. Pray for the church. Pray for us on Catholic social media and in social media that we might actually get this message out and we get it out right so that we show people exactly what the risk is. And maybe, you know, save a few souls along the way. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. Nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen.